from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Haiti might have something to say about that. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, baby. I'm bringing heat out <laughs> of the gate. I'm just having a finally sleep. The tournament's over. Let me tell you something. I pulled a U. I pulled a U. Not the recording bit. Okay. But watching the Australian Open finals, women overnight live. Wow, Do it live. Really? Uh, and that match was so long. <laughs> well... Yeah, so I know I can't watch it recorded. I just can't. I'll right. fast. I'll, I'll just delete it and yeah. look at the score. So instead of taking the risk of of recording it and then finding out the score or not having the discipline to not watch it, right? I I said to myself, "Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live." So I did it live. <laughs> so I just stayed up and watched it. Let me just tell you, the next day was miserable. See. And I teach Saturday and Sunday mornings, so I've, the Australian's no longer my favorite. I've decided. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, if, you, if you're a bum and you sleep in <laughs> right. all week, then it's like, hey, I'll stay up all night. Or if it was and, cold here like it is the rest of the country where I didn't have to work, it would have been great. I could have stayed and watched them all in the mornings and yeah. would have loved it. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough week missing because every match, the last four match sessions were ruined for me <laughs> yeah. before I watched it. So I, didn't, so I decided to do it live. I wrote it. We did it live, and uh, it it was well worth, well worth the effort. Oh, by the way, <laughs> welcome to the Tennis Revolution, <laughs> the only podcast you need. That's right. I uh, I'm real friendly to other podcasts. You are. I tweet at them. I download their stuff. I retweet <laughs> all their nonsense, and I like some of them. But we're just that's all there is to it. Yeah. We're the bomb. I thought you were going to say, and none of them reciprocate. <laughs> but. Well, listen. Luckily, you didn't stay up for the immense final. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> or you, um, you could have stayed up. And just- I I was in and out. To st- I was in and out for that final, and I would kind of wake up. It was I just left the TV on, and I woke up, and I saw the score, and I just muttered obscenities <laughs> and went back to bed because <laughs> I was mad that I was even barely awake, and it was right. keeping me up, and I kind of knew you know, in my pre-REM sleep, and uh, it, I just knew it was on, so right. I'd wake up, and then n- not worth it. Well, you remember I prophesied last week, I said, what, we've talked about how amazing this tournament was, and it was, we had saw these great storylines, but what if it ends with Djokovic Nadal in the final, and we said, no, that'll be, it won't be that bad, it'll still be, we'll still say it's a good tournament, and now it's like, uh it, it definitely took a little bit of the luster out between the Djokovic Pui semifinal and yeah. the final. It was an awful finish. Well, what do you want to do? You want to talk about the men first or the women first? Well, let's be positive. Talk about the women. Yes, let's. I agree. <laughs> so, again, I don't hate women. You do, but you <laughs> I hide definitely it don't very after well. this tournament. And, and the bottom line is it was a superior product. Way superior. So, we had Osaka trying to follow up on her success uh, from the U.S. Open trophy presentation <laughs> and, oh i mean the tournament and the pre- 
And so, and she did both winning, and it was you know, uh, both parties you know sprinted through the finish line. Right. It was a photo finish, <laughs> and uh, and all went well. Yes. So, um, first of all, first time a player's won back to back Grand Slams in their inaugural Grand Slam since Jennifer Capriati. Okay. Did you, did you know that? Yes, but that's not correct. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. You mean, I just thought this stat was really stupid and they kept talking about it. So it's the first time someone has won their first slam and then won their second slam right after. <laughs> yeah. To me, when I hear that, it means someone won their first slam they ever played and then won their second one. Oh, like, yeah, like I they see. They won their first two slams. Well, no, she didn't. She's played for the last two years. Right, 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 right. But that's the only reason I didn't like that stat. What I wanted to know is when is the last time a player's won two slams in a row, period, that wasn't Serena? Yeah. It has to be that's 10 a great, years. That's a great point. And they never talked about that. Because to me, winning your first one and winning the next one didn't doesn't matter that much. Like, that's not that significant. Yeah, you, winning two in a row is significant. Yeah, because you put together a little run for long enough, not just one tournament. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. But anyway, it, let's not take away anything. <laughs> Serena already took enough from her at the US Open. Right. Let's not take anything away from her in Australia and down under. And was there a conspiracy theory about that's why Serena lost in the quarters? Didn't want to play Osaka in the no. semis? No, I didn't <laughs> no, hear that. I I was, I've was i waited for that, but I haven't heard it. Um, No. So if, uh, if, it wa- if that was the case, no, I don't think there's no <laughs> chance that would ever happen. Well, she wouldn't bother going up 5-1 in the third and then losing. Oh. And oh. listen, I think she legitimately hurt her ankle. The only thing I don't like, so Serena played the quarterfinals. She was up. She lost the first set, right? I be- yeah, she lost first. And then won the second. Yeah, because she was just rolling at that time. Won the second and then was rolling in the third. Yeah. And, oh, that's not the right. But you know I am not one to compliment serena oh no that was the best serena press conference i've ever seen in terms of how gracious she was and i was really impressed by that well (laughs) i I don't mean that that doesn't mean i believe it okay all right so we see actually it's the opposite she did what she was supposed to do in the press conference is what i mean all right so uh, i don't know so she played um pliskova Right. In the quarterfinals, um, she won the first set. No, lost the first set 6-4, then came back, won the second set 6-4, and then was on a roll from there. She's right. on 5-1. She, she is uh, on the run and tries to, you know, and so Pliskova hits behind her. Right. So she's, or thinks she's going to, so she's kind of stopping, restart, whatever. What She hurt her ankle. Right. And then she didn't win a game after that. Yeah, and don't you always get flashbacks when that happens at the Australian it used to be like every year there'd be two because they had that that rebound ace yeah. nonsense, yeah. And you used to grab, you right. see little hands. And it was up. always like as hot. It was always the hottest day, and somebody would do it, and be laying yeah. on the court with an ankle injury. So anywho, so then she loses. She reels off, you know, six straight games that she lost. And fair, fair enough, right? Uh, so the first thing is, why didn't she call the trainer? So let's let's talk about. Before the press conference, I'm watching the match right. and I'm wondering why she's not calling the trainer. So now up five one, I'm like, well, okay, let's get out of this game and try to just take care of it right. here and not throw momentum off and all the rest of it. Yeah. Now on the changeover, why don't you call the trainer? 
you don't want to show weakness, maybe, or whatever. You want to kind of not let her know it hurts that right. bad. Okay, the next changeover, <laughs> it's 5-4. Do something. Do, get, get retaped. Get, you know, whatever. Get a little whatever on it, you know, whatever. Um, well, that's why I was glad she didn't mention that in the press conference because... She did. Well, someone asked her about it, but I mean, she didn't use that as a reason she lost, which I, to me, is totally fraudulent. If you didn't call for the trainer, it obviously wasn't that bad. And then she said, well, I don't want to call. I didn't want to do that. I don't like doing that. Well, see, to me, that was a shot yeah. at other players. No, totally. Not her being a hero. Right. Well, yeah, she didn't. But see, what the funny thing is about that, nobody in the world would have criticized her for calling a trainer on that. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. That's that's exactly what the trainers are supposed to be used for. McEnroe says it all the time. When you injure yourself during a match, that's the only time you should be allowed yeah. to call a trainer. She didn't go tinkle. Right. She wasn't trying to, you know, oh, my, my back hurts. Let me get stretched out for 20 minutes. Because that's normally what it looks like. Right. I mean, I will say if she didn't call a trainer at 5'1", five, 5'2", five, 5'3", five, and then called one at 5'4", I could see that being, you know, well, worth see, complaining about. Maybe. But see, Especially I, if Pliskova is about to serve at 5'4". Well, that, yeah, that's true. Um, I But see, I take it as she was so close to the finish line. Why stop? Why give... Right. the opponent any sort of hope that oh i might be banged up yeah and she's got a chance now let's just try to stay out here but honestly after that first changeover she knew how bad it was yeah she should have just and, and we didn't but we found out yeah because she lost six straight games right. that's absurd yeah i mean it definitely had a lot to do with it the injury i don't know that i honestly think it was certain part certain i wouldn't say equal parts but it had a lot to do with that foot fault call also the foot fault call, the injury, and then, you know, after you lose a couple games in a row, then it just becomes mental. Um, yeah, I mean, I see what, it could. I just, I think it, I think everything stemmed from the foot. Yeah. Ankle, whatever happened to her. I don't, I don't agree that Pliskova played lights out because you can only do, play yeah. lights out if your opponent lets you play lights out. And like with Serena serve, if Serena's serving like she serves, you can't play lights out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, see, and to me... That, that's one of those ones where you have to be in her head to figure out what she meant because she it could have gone either way. Right. It could be, oh, she had to play lights out to beat me. I'm being magnanimous and saying how one, she just really stepped up when she had right. to as opposed to, hey, I was injured and she played better than I've ever seen her play. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> that's garbage. If she would have dropped one inch of a level, I would have beat her. <laughs> so which way is right. it going? Uh, I would lean towards the latter. <laughs> well, I'm giving her credit because normally what she would say is, you know, I wish I'd have played better at the end and I would have won, but instead, you know, I blew it. And she actually did give her opponent credit for saying she raised her game. Now, she could have said she raised Fair her enough. game and I lowered mine. Fair enough. Um, and which, again, we all know that's true. It was a combination because I don't care how you could play the best match of your life. You can't beat Serena six games in a row without her lowering her game. Yeah, of course. Uh, if she's that good so i wouldn't have had a problem with her saying that but i i thought she was overly you know complimentary of pliskova yeah, agreed i don't i for sure for sure think it was probably 70 percent ankle maybe 60 percent ankle but how amazing is that pliskova and kvitova don't move at all <laughs> and they're both <laughs> in the semis of a grand slam. i mean i watched that kvitova osaka she didn't she took one step most shots she hit in the match she just does not move ever and her strokes are that good. Yeah. 
it's just amazing. They can't get them on the run. Like you would think Serena would be able to run Pliskova, would have been able to run Pliskova around. So the other, to me, the other highlight of the women's draw, Danielle Collins. <sighs> oh, Lordy. Oh, Lordy. I want to like her so badly, and I well, here's, dislike her very much so far. Well, here's, listen, first of all. You play ball like a girl. I don't care that she's got some edge. I don't. You cannot be serious. Maybe she's John McEnroe's illegitimate child. Right. I don't care. I don't care. She's a little saucy. I don't care. <laughs> she plays a big game, high risk, oh, high, yeah. high reward. So she's got to have some edge or she wouldn't be able to handle it. Right. You can't handle making that many errors, errors, um, if you don't have a little edge to you. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, I just, there's a few little things in tennis that always bother me, and she does several of them. <laughs> and All so, right, list them uh, in alphabetical order. A to- <laughs> well, the whole, you know, screaming when I win the point, like at the opponent, that drives me crazy. Okay. And she does it a lot. Um, she does. And I just got the, I never got the feeling that she had any respect for her opponents ever, <laughs> even when she lost. I felt like it was like, oh, well, you know, she won. You know, good well, here, here's the good news, though, in that regard, is I hear what you're saying. And I understand that as I, a player, which you want to have that intimidation factor, that mentality, that confidence level, all that. Maybe. But see, here's the other thing. It's actually the opposite. I think you have to build that wall if you don't have it. Right. I mean, Federer has the most ridiculous sickening <laughs> amount of respect for every single human right. being he played. If he played me in a match in first round at US Open, yeah. he would really say, hey, he really gets a lot of weight behind the ball. He uh, you know, his <laughs> hair looks great. I think those were new shoes. He gave me a really tough match that, you know, one point I lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh so, you know, for me, that comes from a place of, you know, I'm I wear golden shoes, literally. Yeah. Uh, and so where is she at in the game? Her place in the game is not right. at that level, certainly. So she's got that edge to her now, and it's like, you know, every single person that steps on the court is trying to take something from her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Nadal seems to have that same mentality that Collins does, where he's all, but the difference is, is he can turn it off. Right. You know, he's still, a, I don't know. But so well, I, I don't think Nadal, like, I literally feel like she's the type of person that if she was a, <laughs> this is going to be a terrible analogy, but if she was like a boxer, a UFC fighter, she would knock you down and then like stomp on you on the way to the corner. <laughs> like when you're already right. on the ground. Like, I just feel like that's I, totally I, her MO. So, yeah, but I res- never heard her compliment anybody she played after the match or anything, win or lose. Yeah. Well, the respect thing, I mean, the good news is it's an individual sport. And who cares if she respects them because they're going to beat her ass. Right. And well, then, like, I'd like to hear what her college teammates think about her. And again, team sports different maybe, but yeah. I just can't imagine that many opponents of hers have good things to say about her. Yeah, but your teammates love you. Right, because you you're know, representing them. Well, plus she never lost. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just, um, as much as I've said, I like to have more. And again, I don't mind having her on the tour because I need people not to like. But, uh, <laughs> but I just... Uh, I was happy to kind of see her lose to her own game, you know, that kind of power game. Yeah. Listen, I mean, the problem with a player like that is they've got to develop one other gear. They can't yeah. just close their eyes and wail away. Which is funny because we talked about before that match how she was going to strategize going into, you know, she was going to 
have a different strategy for rematch than we watch. And it's like, oh, she plays the same all the time, and it's right. It works. It worked against everybody except Kvitova. Yeah. So I, you know, again, I don't mind. The, that that's not to say I'm going to be buying you know <laughs> t-shirts and stuff with her name on the back or whatever they sell in tennis, but uh, you know, her jersey, so to speak. Uh, but she's an American and played college tennis and played college tennis, and to me. Uh, you know, we need that, that sort of, that pathway would be great. That would help American, tr- you know, right. tennis tremendously. When she's attractive and, you know, that's what I, that's what disappointed me is like, she has the potential for all the, to be a star. Right. And then I'm like, and then you listen to her talk and it's like, oh, well, well, here's what she's going to have to do. She's going to have to not try to be, you know, a poster girl. Right. And she's going to have to just embrace I don't think she has to worry about that. The negative. <laughs> oh yeah, just be the intimidating. Yeah, yeah, no, no. She, she, she can't worry about. Oh, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, right? Because it's not gonna be legitimate anyway. If she tries, right? Yeah. If she just embraces the bad guy, yeah, I would be fine with that. And bad guy is relative, right? I mean, what is she doing? She's playing tennis. I know exactly. It's not, you and, know, and screaming when she hits the ball. It's like a big deal. Do you know why? Hello, you play to win the game. That's all there is to it. That's all <laughs> there is to it. No, but you, she totally, you're right, though. She could totally parlay that into, you know, other things and, you know, make it part of her, you know, M.O. She'd come out wearing well, all black exactly. at the U.S. Open. Right, and, Under know. Armour, you know, get, she'll have to, I mean, she's certainly going to get a sponsorship after that if she doesn't have one already. Yeah, and every time, and every, you know, she finishes a match and she walks up to the the net <laughs> to shake hands. <laughs> You gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Not Escape from LA, as my esteemed colleague thought it might be. I was naming the best Kurt Russell movie I could think of, Escape from LA. Let me tell you something. <laughs> what a great run he had early, early. Escape from New York, which I don't care who you are. If you don't think that's a great movie, you're wrong. Overboard. <laughs> the new one? The yeah. remake? Yeah. Ugh. Well, he, didn't, um, he didn't age until about five years ago. He looked the same for he the really, last yeah. 30 years. And so now he's got white hair. Snake Plissken. Mm-hmm. Call me Snake. That's right. Uh, in Escape from New York. He was also in The Thing. Great movie. Oh, my God. That's one. That's such a simple. Yeah. No CGI. No, well, it might have been whatever. You know, not CGI. It hadn't been invented back then. But <laughs> Special um, effects. Special effects. But. Not many. Right. It was such. It's a horror movie. Yeah, which I don't picture you liking. Many but it's horror so movies. psychological. It's uh, it's horrific. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely great. Um, Tango what else? And Cash. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the classics. <laughs> we need a drop from Tango and Cash. <laughs> That's got to be one of the um. worst. <laughs> I just take a I just take a pizza crust and some sauce because well, I got right. all the cheese I need. <laughs> well, I never saw that miracle with uh, where he played the hockey coach, but that was newer, obviously. Still, another but, great movie. But that was supposedly a really good movie. And you picked the worst, Escape from L.A. Right. Oh, that was a piece of garbage. <laughs> that was a piece of garbage. That was the the sequel culture. He had a good movie called Breakdown, where his wife gets kidnapped. It was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now he's got, and he's got them all. Yeah, so anywho. Executive decision with Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh, it's a classic. <laughs> All, he was the president, right? I think so. Yeah. With Steven Seagal, it makes it up a level immediately. Well, I don't know why. Steven Seagal has literally never been hit in his life. Not <laughs> once. Except he was shot, almost shot to death and hard to kill. Right, exactly. 
but he wasn't in a fight. He didn't know that. Or was what coming. was the one? One of them he does killed and then came back. That was the whole premise of the movie. He had two lives for some reason. Two? I can't, I that can't. was hard to kill. I was thought. it? And yeah. he was killed once and came but back. But he wasn't killed. It was like oh, that's you know, what it was. on his deathbed. Okay. Uh, they they left him for dead. Uh, I see. <laughs> movie talk. That's right. Here on. <laughs> Nothing, right. nothing notable happened this weekend. Tennis. Yeah, so how do we get to Kurt Russell from uh Because of your drop, your drop. Oh, that's right. So, uh, yeah, but see, I like that in the sense that, you know, somebody's going to have to take the mantle, as it were, for right. Serena, and you've got, you know, Keys is, is kind of a little bit faded lately. She'll, Sloan is always going to be up and down. I don't she'll, care. What. She'll go up, but then she'll go way down. Yeah. Um, you know, Venus will be gone soon. She'll retire as well. Right. Um, who else we got? Coco's MIA. Yeah. Who knows? Um, she she might have just been a. Anna Samova will be good probably in future years. I don't know if she's there yet. But yeah, I mean, it's. it's I don't know that I see that future Grand Slam champion. I mean, I'd love, love to see Collins play Serena or Sharapova or somebody like that and get, you know, that that hostility there. I think that would that would be interesting. Well, it seems like Anna Samova is going to be everybody's darling. Right. And Which is what scares me. Daniel Collins will not be. <laughs> and so if they, you know, because Anna, I'm going to call her Amanda. Uh, Anna, Maso- Anna Samova, Amanda AA, double A right. three. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So, sorry. Um, so Amanda, Anna Samova, um, I mean, she's 5'11", so she's a big girl. Yeah. So she's going to be able to, you know, hopefully, um, you know, develop a mix of power and, you know, and smarts and defense and whatever. But, uh, and then Collins is, is tall. Um, and I got a text last week and somebody said, gosh, I'd forgotten who Melody Udan was. Cause that was a comparison I gave to Anna Samova. I said, I hope she's not the next Udan, you know, where she doesn't just have one run and well, then she's gone. She won't be. So, um, Danielle Collins is five ten, So they're okay. both, you know, um, up there size wise. And so that's the big difference. I mean, she, Melanie Udan had one kind of short period of time where she had a little run right and she's five six i mean she yeah basically, she had to work really hard she got everything out of her game i mean i'm sorry to tell you um if you're under you know five ten <laughs> maybe is that a, i mean serena's five nine what is osaka somebody was asking me and i didn't know i would i was guessing five eight five nine let's find Halep, out Halep is not tall well here's what i was gonna say there's there's um Five eleven. Osaka's five wow. eleven. Yeah, so there five you go. eleven. So Udan is five six. And uh who'd you just ask about? Halep. Simona Halep. Now, now here's the difference between like a Halep and or she's she's five six. Yeah. So you have uh um, But she's also the exception, I mean. Exactly. So She's so, like the Ferrer of the women's. Yeah. Except she's won a grand slam. That's terrible. That's <laughs> well, that's because he didn't. She didn't play in the greatest era. Uh-huh. Ah, <laughs> no, Wozniak. He's five ten. Yeah, so but, they're all. But the type of game she plays, she you know she plays right. a retrieving style, which would be better suited if she was shorter, but maybe not. But uh, but yeah, so I think Hollop is a really huge, uh, pun intended, um, 
exception to the rule. Yeah, well, we because, definitely saw the semi. I mean, look at the Kvitova, Pliskova, or I mean, all those Osaka. They're all uh, taller, so maybe that's the way the women's is going. I would think so to some degree. But it's like the men. I think the ceiling is going to be around six foot, six right. foot one, because you're not going to be able to move great, yeah, uh, or have the stamina. And typically, they're still even if they're that size, their shoulder size isn't going to be as big. They're not going to be able to hit as hard and 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 push through somebody who can like a Halep type who can right. cover the court and, and absorb power. Well, what's funny is I feel like the six two, six one women are more equivalent to the six nine, six ten guys because, like. The six nine to six ten guys can't move at all. I think that's exactly <laughs> what I just said. Well, I mean, but you would think it wouldn't be that because six ten is like eight inches above average. Oh, right, right, right. And for the women, almost all the women on the tour are like five nine, like we just said. Well, but bone then if density three inches, and other things, their structure still going to be similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I'm talking nonsense because <laughs> I have no, I can't stand the sight of a band aid. So how can I talk about? medical stuff when i can't we, what it's we ridiculous. need is the six five female version of isner on the women's tour wouldn't that be amazing oh my goodness just a great server dropping bombs and lumbering <laughs> around ducking in doorways uh um, look that up later the tallest woman ranked in the top thousand i want to find out who that is good question <laughs> they don't rank a thousand anymore apparently they're trying to ruin tennis the pro level yes so anyways anywho so yeah so uh so I think we got exactly what we expected. Uh, maybe not who we expected, but we got what we expected um, in the Australian Open Women's Tournament. And it was great. And, and listen, not to take away from your four-seated draw, <laughs> which you threw away, right? Because it did, didn't matter yeah. now. It's right, because like, they're going to be top seeds are going to advance regardless in the theoretical draw. Yeah, so. But no, it certainly worked out this time where there was all great matches throughout. But you ended up, you know, having like in the quarterfinals, you had Daniel Collins and Pavlyuchenkova, right? Both unseated, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that can happen in any draw form, right? But that is the whole benefit of the randomness of any draw is that the players have an opportunity to make a run. Yeah. Did you do you see it as nope. Osaka being the clear number one now, or she's just kind of on a streak? Here's what I will say. She definitely has a balance of, you know, um, like neutral ball. You right. know, she can shape the ball um, and point build as well as she can obviously finish. Good serve. She can attack returns. Yeah. Um, of the final four, she had the most variety of any of them by I far. I think so, yeah. Were you shocked by that collapse at 5-3? Because she was so oh. mentally strong at Serena. No. no, not at all. I was because Women's I hadn't tennis. seen her. Uh-uh. But see, I, I had never seen her do that. Women's tennis and men's tennis besides the big three. Right. Um, no, not at all. We had this discussion. I had this discussion when, when Blair Henley was on. Um, and we've had this discussion in private. Uh, you know, in our no man meetings, <laughs> you remember that? Yes. <laughs> My wife has never seen that show. Was, uh, married with children. Married with children. No man. Bob Rooney. Uh, <laughs> I have. That, she has why never don't I have watched, any married with children? Drops. Uh, you're totally missing out. I have never. She has never seen an episode of that show. Oh my goodness! It's like the longest running, least respected show ever. It really is. I mean, what an absolute. I'm sure it never won an award for anything. It ever. should have. It couldn't have, but it <laughs> should have. So, um. So anywho. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think in uh, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. I put my lack of sleep where my mouth was. I stayed up overnight, and I could have done either or both, 
but I didn't really plan on it on the men's. I yeah. just said, you know what? I'm going to have it on. I'm going to go night night. Right. And then, you know, kind of. Maybe I'll wake up for an hour. Well, I was going to say, well, I try to fall, you stay up and kind of, you know, watch, you know, whatever mixed, you know, doubles, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what was on. What's but, sad is I really thought that would be a match where you could wake up and it would still be going. <laughs> exactly. How wrong was I on that? They were done with a replay of it by the time I got up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I sort of was not. So let me, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, but the, get just stay on the women, you sexist. <laughs> so, again, I I am looking at this women's draw, tons of good matches throughout, uh, uh, as an American-centric podcast. Right. Some highlights from Americans. Yeah. Osaka, of course, being the uh, first Asian player to buy, how to buy. <laughs> <laughs> uh haiti would have something to say about that right. as i open the show with she's half haitian why don't we include that part <laughs> oh wait a minute didn't she grow up in florida yeah unbelievable a third it's so haitian, rid- a third american it's so ridiculous it doesn't matter nisa Corey sent a, a um a text or a tweet i mean you know at osaka or whatever her thing is and it was like, you know, fist bump and, you know, right. the bicep curl and all this other stuff. And then Japanese flag, Japanese flag, Jap- you know, a bunch of Japanese yeah. flags. I replied with four Haitian flags. <laughs> Nobody replied to that. Even like, um, and then I, and, and then I, I'd, the fact that you could find the Haitian flag was impressive. Dude, let me tell you, it took a while. <laughs> I had a magnifying glass. I was on Google looking up the flag. I mean, I'm not a hero here. Magnifying emojis to figure yeah. out which one. So, and apparently you can do on the phone, you can magnify them. I'm, I'm actually like I'm a sleuth in the 50s with yes. an actual magnifying glass. Um, but, uh, and then also Australian, the Australian Open sent something out, you know, a tweet yeah. uh, about her being the first Asian American or something, or not Asian, Asian to blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, Haiti might have something to say about right. that doing my impression of andy murray of course <laughs> i almost put dash a murray but i didn't want to be a complete a-hole um so anyway i got a couple of retweets back from that one which is funny not the australian open of course uh replies or likes right. or whatever i don't know what they're called something people people appreciated my point of view yeah i didn't see andy murray's comment though <laughs> he's, he, don't, he doesn't care about you know uh countries and borders and all oh, that yeah. he doesn't care about you know J- japanese pride he's he only cares his about retirement men and women well, and I don't see her as the favorite for the French. I do see her as the deserving number one. I mean, but I still think that she'll have a harder time translating her game to the French. So I don't think it's going to be one of the situations where she just rolls through and wins two slams a year for you know the next five years, and she's the clear number one, and she's dominating. But she struggled in a lot of matches. She could There's three or four matches she could have yep. lost easily. Yep. Well, listen, Serena hasn't rolled through every Grand Slam tur- tournament she's won. Right. She's always coming back. Yeah. You know, and I think that's actually a compelling part of what makes her a champion. And now Osaka, I think that adds to it. Um, Is Serena winning? So let me ask you this. Um, yeah. So if. She competes in the French, because I don't think the French is l- the same for the women it's as not. it is for the men so somebody like osaka who's got she can hit through players on the french yeah they don't have they're not you know as long the reach the speed yeah, all just, that i'm just thinking her well i think it's number one it's hard to win three in a row much true. less two in a row true and also just the fact that the players are gonna have a little more time i, I see someone like Halep could give her a lot of trouble was yeah Nike. oh for sure um, for sure 
it could be a slight difference and slight en- a slight enough difference to to make a difference. Yeah, you know Serena loved a player there because right. she speaks French and everybody loves Serena <laughs> in the at the French. She lives in she's got a house in Paris or whatever. Well, and the one thing we haven't seen in a long time is someone as the one seed in the women's, you know, going through and winning like they're supposed to. And so that's a different level of pressure too when you go in as the that's one a, seed. That's a bummer for Halep getting Serena, man. <laughs> what a bummer. I know. Uh, but she has all the pressure now going into the slam that she won't have. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, – overall, it had all the storylines we wanted. It had the Australian players in the beginning, so, the American players. Yeah, and, and and moving forward, I, you know, I have zero – I mean zero holes in my heart for what women's tennis could be and all the stuff yeah. like I do on the men's side. <laughs> I am completely content – with the women's side of things as is. I think every tournament's going to be highly competitive. Right. I think the bar is there in terms of the top players. I think the bar comparatively has been Serena for so long and still to some degree is. Uh, you can still kind of see it. It's not obviously right. the same, but it's close enough where the evidence is there that it's close to the same. And now these other players are are competing in relation to that bar and they're meeting it. So that means the transition, the handoff of women's tennis from the Williams uh, sisters, and I'll put them both in that category, uh, to the next generation, right. I think is going to be a smooth one in the sense that, wow, the level, okay, the level transitions nicely to the next. Now, again, she's the greatest ever. Who knows if anybody will even come close to doing what she's done. Right. They might. Yeah. Uh, it's not impossible. Yeah, we're it, seeing that with Federer. Well, it was no, <laughs> derailed. No more talking. <laughs> I want you to get on this podcast and not talk ever again. Um, so, no idea what I was saying. No idea. Well, what I was going to say, you could see the depth, the fact that there was 11 people that could be number one at the end of this tournament. Right. Which normally I see that as a kind of a insult to the tour. Now I thought it was actually a compliment that there are that many people playing they're well. close. They're all close. Normally it's number one's losing their spot left and right and well, we've got fading. That, and we've got, like I said, we've got the bar. We have one constant, and that's Serena. Yeah. And that constant, again, it's a little bit diminished, but you've got a nice close to constant in Serena, and they're all comparing well to it. So we don't have to look at the next group as, oh, wow, they suck. Well, can you ever remember a final two where the winner became number one in the world? That was that was really cool. I don't think they talked about that enough. Right. Um, yeah. It was like, oh, by the way, congrats on being number one. In the pre- in the post match, it's like, you know, she just became number one in the world. Right. And and that's what they were playing for as much as the you know ranking of the prize money and the prestige. I thought that was underplayed. So, I cannot be complimentary enough of the women's game in the current state it's in i would like to see serena be 100 percent yeah back physically mentally emotionally all of it um, and she definitely wasn't and she may not ever be again let's be fair childbirth and all the complications she had i think we're still dismissing the ultimate effect that may have on on a person on a human person um so you know whatever so take that for what it's worth but i think i can't more than maybe ever, maybe in the last seven years, five years, there's such a clear separation. Yeah. But in the older the big three get on the men, the wider that separation between men and women's tennis becomes. Yeah. So the question is, always is, is when Serena retires or before she retires, if she stays in 
longer than the big three men. Can women's tennis carry tennis here in America in terms of popularity and everything else if the big three are gone? Right. Or two of the big three. If you only got Nole and that's it, yeah. I don't know how much of a draw that is. And so we're gonna we're gonna have to get behind women's tennis in this country if we want to continue to you know hopefully not continue because we've been exactly the same level for (laughs) 15 years but um yeah so i at least i am optimistic after this australian open on the women's side right yeah i I think there was you're speechless because you've had enough talking about women (laughs) i think there was so many things to build on and i think serena she's gonna have to get her serve back to that level she was for her to ever be probably a grand slam champion again because she's not going to be able to physically rally seven matches in a row two and three sets i don't it doesn't look like anyway doesn't look like she's going to be able to grind out seven wins without getting those free points on the serve the good news is she's always a threat and that's that comparative nature we need looking at anyway so all right enough of the women we can only talk about them so much. No, that's not true. We could we could go on, yeah. but we don't want to be sexist. Right. We also have to talk about the men, unfortunately. <laughs> and we will do that. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. When we come back. All right, so I I don't know what day it was. Oh, by the way, we're back. (laughs) Tennis Revolution in the house. I don't know what day it was because it's the Australian Open, and it's like a time machine. I have no idea what day the matches are on, when it's a day here, what year it is. I'm so discombobulated. But it was prior to the men's final. Do you remember the text I sent you? Um. You're the worst. You're the worst. I was going to say, what was I wearing? Uh, (laughs) Uh, Nothing was your reply. And that was, uh, never mind. So uh, look at your phone, dum-dum. Oh, that Djokovic would win in four? I said Djokovic in four. What was the next text? I think I said, yeah, I said five. What was my next text? (laughs) Three. No, that's a lie. Uh, Which you don't know. I I held up three and you bit it. I said four. I almost said three, but I actually hedged my bets like a chump yeah. and said four. I was going to say Djokovic in three because, you know, again, this is a week there in the history of men's tennis. So, you know, uh, Djokovic is the next one, and, uh, <laughs> and he's going to be unstoppable. So this result on the men's side, again, I mentioned, I didn't stay up overnight for this. I just kind of dozed through it and was sleeping for about 80% of it. Just like Nadal. Yeah, exactly. I popped an eye open. Yeah, that first set, Djokovic lost one point on his serve, and it was in his last serve game. Well, he's a dominant server, right? Dropping bot like Isner. <laughs> well, and I was going to ask you before we even get to that final, going into the semis, if you could rate the tournament from a scale of 1 to 10, what would you have given it? Not not counting either the semis or the final, just after the quarters. Right. What would you have rated it? And I don't like that question. <laughs> because it, it's it's a bold phase lie. <laughs> All right, so when we're sitting here with in the semifinals with Novak and Pouillet, right. Pouillet, they haven't started yet. Yeah, 
and seats are passing a doll. They haven't started yet. Right. And you're thinking, whoa. Well, and I don't mean the next gen's here, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean what were your thoughts of those matchups? No, but no, I no. Mean, what's but, happened but prior? If you're sitting there with those players, right, in the semis, yeah, and then you look back at what went down yeah, and who they beat and all that for the rest of it, you're thinking, man, this could be, this could be it. And changing the guard, these youngsters, and who was the number one youngster? I was always saying the next next gen right. seats a pass. Yeah, so. Yeah, I 100%. I know where you're leading me. Yeah. You're correct. I, I, We had a really good tournament. A really good yeah. tournament. I mean, Nadal, he was rolling. Yeah. There was so a, was Djokovic. There really. was a lot of disappointments on the Nadal, on the Nadal side. Because, I mean, you had Burditch, which, come on, he's coming back. It's hard to say. Right. But you had a youngster in Dimenauer. He beat the crap out of him in third. <laughs> I mean, beat the crap out of him in third round. Yeah. Uh, Ebden, I mean, I don't really know where he's at. I don't know enough about no. that. Duckworth's been around a while, so he's right. an old man. Those were two yeah. should be easy matches. Um, But, yeah, so you get to the third round and you play Dimenauer, and it's like, this is the new guy. Right. This is one of the new guys, and apparently he's good looking or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then he rolls through Burdick, which you think, oh, okay, well, Burdick is coming back. Well, well, he was in the fourth round. Right. And he beat Schwartzman. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, by the fourth round, maybe your fatigue starts setting in because you haven't played a lot. So I can give that match a pass. Right. To some degree. Um, and then he gets to Tiafo, and Tiafo was gassed, had a good run, and then he had nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. He looked gassed. Yeah. Uh, and then seats a pass. I mean, obviously his big match was Federer. So he comes through. Um, and I think for the most part, he was a favorite to go decently far, even though he's C14. He's still, right. you know, whatever. So he beat an Italian Berrettini. It's like Ferrari Berrettini, <laughs> the model of a Ferrari. So he beats him, takes him four. So that's not ideal. Uh, it takes four to beat Troiki, who's an old school, you know, yeah. whatever. And then he beats four, actually five to beat uh, Basilashvili. And then, um, no, that's not true. Four. It was four to beat ba- in the third round. He beat Basilashvili. Yeah. And not f- bad. And Federer in a long four. And then beat Federer in a long four, and he wanted his trophy right then. <laughs> And I wanted to give it to him. Because but he I, did. I was really impressed for him winning another match after that. That was, to me, the most impressive. Well, he came out He came out a little slow in that first set. Right. And it was able to kind of get it together. But, uh, but yeah, no, agreed. Because you're you're thinking, wow, I just beat a big four. And, un, you know, because right. you know, I'm sure he has no, you know, sense of history and who's what. So he just... <laughs> Just like the greatest every other, player ever. Every other dumb dumb out there. He's got twenty. <laughs> he's the greatest player ever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I mean, what a follow up. And then um, he left his rackets at home <laughs> and got murdered by Nadal. But hey, I mean, listen, semifinal of a Grand Slam, not bad, not bad. But and just... and beat one of the big three. So I'm not as down on that ass kicking by Nadal. No, I'm not either. But how do you explain, I was talking about this with someone today, how do you explain the fact that these two young guys get to the semis and they are just look exhausted and non not don't show up and you got two guys you know, past 40. their prime. Nadal hadn't played in four months and how does he look 
completely fresh in the semi, and then it all looks like he's got nothing in the final. Like it doesn't just doesn't make sense to me how these players, how the matches, the results can be that lopsided. Well, to be full disclosure, <laughs> every tournament I watch on the men's side, I treat it like I treat college football. I want things to break in such a way that the whole system blows up. Yeah. So in college football, every time they have a top four, I want those top four to lose. <laughs> and then they lose, and then we got a different top right. four. Lose. Because I want them to get to eight for the right. playoff is my right. goal. So on this, I have a sense that the big four or big three are so far and above the rest of the players because they suck, yeah. not because – Right. You know. And so I am looking for results that feed that. Yeah. Seats of pass did not help me. I know. Until he got to Nadal and he said the I mean, he had the funniest. He was like, I don't understand how Federer can beat that guy. Because <laughs> he plays like I do. Right. And I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. And then uh, somebody had a tweet, one of the hosts from that the Body Surf podcast, I saw a tweet from them. Uh, and it said, uh, I bet she's really confused now after Djokovic just beat the crap <laughs> right. out of Nadal. So I don't, uh, listen, Nadal, I think, is pro- he's got to be playing through pain. Right. He's got to be playing, maybe not injured, but hurt. Yeah. He's got to be. And he rolled through the draw. Yeah. That's the part that makes no sense. Exam? Uh, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, exhibit A, right. exhibit A, he rolls through the draw because he's, you know, far better than these jokers. Right. And then, and then he comes up against a fit big three. Right. And that's the difference in this whole thing is that he's more fit and Nadal's playing hurt, I think. Right. And he gets destroyed. Well, and I think that, like, I just think that how can Nadal be that far below Djokovic and be that far above everybody else is a real problem for the I tour. Have, I have an answer. <laughs> I've had an answer no, I know. since the beginning of this podcast. Right. Hashtag the weakest era. <laughs> well, and it's and I think the problem is Federer, I think, has fallen back to the pack now because of age finally and, you know, endurance, mobility, whatever. Whereas Nadal and Djokovic are still at that level. So Nadal, Djokovic, Federer by far big three not even a uh, right. not even a discussion in my mind yeah which one is the best so nadal has been bar none the best on clay totally which is what has elevated his numbers unofficially right um and honest i mean and honestly you know wimbledon has done that for um for fetter right so now we've got novak who's really i mean he doesn't have a big like him and Nadal are not that far apart in age. No, but they are in tennis age, right? Um, and I think Nadal's going to start falling away as well physically, right? And there's only going to be Nadal, and you can't tell me if that if here Djokovic could have won this tournament not by playing seven rounds, he could have played every person in this tournament and beat him, <laughs> right? All six, 127 yeah, other I people agree. played two a day, <laughs> so um. That's the answer to me. And I know I'm a broken record. I know. Yeah. But I think the record's right. Well, and I think... No one knows what a record is. If Nadal... (laughs) If they all three retired today, I'd have to say 
Federer won Nadal two, Djokovic three. You're Pro- out of but your the mind. problem is they're not retiring today. Djokovic is going to win five more. At well, least. to me, Federer is ahead of Nadal. Well, that's why I said Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Yeah, but I don't think the story is written on Djokovic. And if they retired today, it'd be a little unfair. Well, that's what I mean from from his standpoint because he doesn't have. This, he got to get beat up by them while he was young, and they were, you know, right. and then they both sort of had in between all their primes, and then now he's right. ahead of them, prime, you know, prime time. But I think if he wins the French, then you're talking about he's won every slam twice, so that gives him the most versatility of the three players, even if so he doesn't have the total. If he beats Nadal at the French, and first of all, time. by the way, my. Twitter, the first Twitter poll I ever did was however long ago, probably the beginning of the season or before it, whatever. And it was two two questions. Now, I know there's other options. I don't care about your other dumb options. <laughs> yeah, you're saying which one is more likely. Which one's more likely to happen? Djokovic slam or a next Jenner? Right. Because I don't think anybody, it's not a big deal to say, oh, which one of the big three is going to win the right. Grand Slam? Right. Who cares? That's yeah. stupid. I don't know. Pick any one of them, right. any slam, and you got a pretty good shot in yeah. Vegas. So this question was next Jenner or below, so next or next next gen, wins a slam, or Djokovic wins all four. And I think by far it's Djokovic wins all four. And exhibit A for me, the Australian Open. Right. Well, he'll be the heavy favorite at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. I think that Nadal still has to be the favorite of the French, probably by a slight margin. Only because people are suckers. Right. But it also depends on what he does in the lead-up, you know, if he even plays. Agreed, or yeah. But, I well, mean... And now Federer's in the mix. Whose half does he end up on? Because regardless of him falling back a little bit, he can still beat people. Right. It, I, including I, Djokovic and Nadal. I will still... If Federer plays Indian Wells in Miami, I'm still not going to be shocked if he doesn't play clay. He said he was. He's, that's what I've heard. But, I, you know, last year I had a bet with someone that he was going to, and he didn't. This year I'm thinking he's not going to, and he says he is. So I just don't know what he what the point is now of him playing. He's got two people to contend with now. Yeah. Two years ago, <laughs> he had a he had a decent chance two right. years ago to win it. And he didn't play. And now he's got two guys that are better than him to, to contend with. I hope he does play because I hate, 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 hate the fact that he can skip Two yeah, and a half months and I still be in the top three. It makes me ill. But I don't think he will. I think, and I'm not saying this is why he's playing, but I don't think he can stay in the top four now with all these other guys coming up and his slam results going down again. Yeah. He has to play more. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can't afford these tough matches early in slams either. So I think you're exactly right. Last week we talked about both tournaments were awesome and what deflated it completely, the same old, same old final. Right. Although the only thing that was different was Novak's dominance, and I think that can be laid right at the feet that he's back 100%, yeah. and Nadal's not. Um, and, and Nadal might be the best he's ever going to be again. Well, that's what I, that's what's so funny is people talked about, you know, Nadal being rusty, and you can't – it's like you, we said about Federer not being his prime when he's number three in the world. But it's like, how can you say Nadal is not at his top form when he rolled through every player without losing a set – you can't say, oh, yeah, it was rusty. You weren't rusty in the first six matches of the tournament. Well, I can because I subscribe to the fact that this is the weakest era. Right. So you can do whatever you want. You can for, still win at 50%. Exactly, for six rounds, and then you got to play one of the big three, and it's trouble. And the hard part of that argument always is, well, that's because it's not because it's weak. It's because those guys are so amazing, Coach. It's like, Apparently how can not. you determine 
that's the hard part is if you're ranking every player in the history from zero to a hundred. And if I say Federer, Djokovic, Nadal are 98, 99, 97, well, then where does that put, you know, Pui? He's 60, you know, 58. Right. right. That's the problem. Well, here's the thing. So here's the comparison. And I was thinking about it watching golf. So some caddy or somebody who maybe has seen both play, like, you know, on the course, Jack Nicholas and Tiger, you know, they were talking about, you know, Jack <laughs> Nicholas is a better driver you right. know i mean cars i mean driving off More the accurate, tee. i'm sure and but tiger had distance plus he was the be, he's the best putter ever right whatever i don't know golf i don't care i'm just taking their word <laughs> for it so here's the thing about golf two things you have one constant already and that's the course so if you play tory pines which they're playing right now in california that course essentially is the same right through all time. Now, you'll get weird years where it's really windy or really whatever. You know, so obviously, that changes. But on average, you know, the holes are essentially set up right. the same, the same length, blah, blah, blah. So you have that constant. So the next thing is you have to compare players in relation to the people that are they're playing with. Now, in golf, you aren't necessarily playing head-to-head. However, you can compare your scores. So let's say Tiger... For 10 years in a row, let's just say right in the middle. I can't remember how long he was, whatever. Right. But let's just say he was you know, dominant for 10 years or competing for 10 years. So throughout that 10 years, let's say every course he played, his stroke average was 10 strokes better than everyone else he played against. Right. Cool. Now you go back to Nicholas. Same tour, same courses. Right. You look at that now that – the clubs, everything's all different now. The the everything's different, but it doesn't matter. Right. I'm not comparing Tiger's scores to his scores. I'm comparing Tiger's dominance, his level above the group he's with, to Jack Nicholas. Now let's say so Tiger's ten strokes average over a season right. for ten seasons. Now you go to Nicholas, let's say he was five strokes on average ahead of his contemporaries on the same course as Saint for ten years. Right. Tiger's a better player. That's all there is to it. Yeah. He's a better player because you have the constant of the courses. Right. Now, in this scenario, comparing it to men's tennis, the course we don't have. Right. The course is the head-to-head type field because we have tennis. It's not. Yeah. So, the comparison to the body, so 0 through 100, what's, what's the strength of 0-100 for this year total? Right. Like, if you said there was some formula you could do – to average their level in relate, you know, you can't. Right. Because the course is the constant. So we can look at Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic and say, how much better are they than their opponents? More than 10 strokes. Right. Well, I would like I to I mean, know it's many- like Tiger playing me. And, go, <laughs> and then you go back to Sampras's era. How much better was he than his opponents? Right. It was a lot closer. So now you're saying, okay, well, Djokovic. Nadal and Federer are all better than Sampras. Right. The difference is they're not playing the same courses. Yeah. So it's like Sampras was playing Torrey Pines and Federer. Well, this is not. Let me rephrase that. This is my argument. But the argument is, what course are they playing? So my argument is, Sampras was playing Torrey Pines. Right. I don't know if that's a hard course. Give me a break. Okay. <laughs> let's just assume a pro, Torrey, a PGA course. Let's just say it's a really hard course. All right. I don't know. So Ty, uh, Pete Sampras was playing the equivalent of Torrey Pines back in his day. Right. So he's 
you know, and everybody else, you know, was playing a municipal course. Yeah. I, whatever. I, so the argument is, so there is no argument that the pack is way further back now right. with right. Fadal and Djokovic. How do you, I need a three-person name for that. <laughs> Fadalovic. So Fadalovic, I like it. So Fadalovic is way ahead of the pack. Yeah. Sampras was not. Right. So now you can stop there or you can go a bit further since we don't have any constants here and we have to look at the body of of the group that they're behind or they're they're ahead of. And I think the group now is worse than the group then relative to each other. Right. So one measure that we can use that I use I I don't know if we can use it or not. I use it because we don't have a lot of options. And the other problem with this 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 tool or this one uh, aspect of evidence is the fact that we won't be able to compare for another ten years, right? Fifteen years, yeah. twenty years, and that is Hall of Fame. We just got another inductee. Evgeny Kafelnikov just got in, yeah. And so, if you look back at the '90s when Pete Sampras was in his prime. And you look at now, you fast forward to 2019 and look at the Hall of Famers from that era. Of course, P. Sampras is there, obviously. Right. Agassi, so the, the elite of the elite are in there. Yeah. But then look how many other players are in that thing. It's Jonas Bjorkman. I mean, yeah. Kafelnikov, we, we said there's gonna be Safin. None. And now we're looking in here, we, we're going to have the big three. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's two others besides right. Sampras. So Sampras had two others. Yeah. All right. So cool. So who's the fourth? Best player in San Francisco's era. Oh, well, Rafter. Or, uh, or, or even better. I mean, you're talking about San at one. Right. Agassi was in and out. I yeah. don't know that he's two necessarily, but he, you know, he's one of the ones. Um, you know, you've got Todd Martin's a Hall of Fame. You know, right. He may, I don't know if he's Edberg. in the Ed Berg. Ed um, you know, Lendl at the front end. I mean, he, right. he you know, Yvonne Lendl. Courier. He made it to eight straight U.S. Open yeah. finals. Courier. Courier. Uh, yeah, I mean, McEnroe, that was the end of him. But Tail into him, tail into Connors. But yeah, there's going to be uh, Chang, I'm sure, got in too. Chang. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's just, so you tell me now. So you take out the big three. And who do you have next is going to be a Hall of Famer? I think the next Hall of Famer is Andy Murray. Right, you got Murray and Walrenko. And part of it, I think, is the Olympics and the fact that he won Wimbledon. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that's a huge part of it. So then you've got, you know, Chilich and Walrenko, and I even say maybe Delpo. And the I was only reason Chilich is borderline and Delpo's borderline. See, I think Chilich is borderline, and I think the only reason you put Delpo in is because of what he should have been doing, but he right. got hurt. Right. I don't, you know. Um, well, is, they're going to put him in because they have nobody else. Well, I hope not. Right. I hope not because now you're going to be looking back there and saying, well, there are a lot of guys that maybe had one. How come right. they're not in the Hall of exactly. Fame? But these guys are. So my point is this. is it's it, I And here's the other thing that I will admit that nobody in this argument will admit, and that's the other side. Guess what? Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic might be one, two, three, right. Sampras, four. Yeah, in a list, I will concede that's a possibility. But I, what I won't concede is that that's just a lock, right? And I'm an idiot for even thinking it's not the case when you look at sort of the scenario I just put out. Well, and what do you put? Do you relate this at all to the argument that Nadal, just for probably the sixth or eighth time, 
made it to the final of a slam without losing a set. How can that not be? That's got to be a deterrent. You are so myopic if you look at that and say, well, that's just going to be how much better he is. Because he's so great, the greatest ever that ever lived. Really? Yeah. It can't possibly be that the the six players he played until the finals are the worst players in this era? Well, and the reason we know he's not unstoppable is because he's lost 50 times to Djokovic and Federer between the two. (laughs) So, I mean, he can't be that much better than everybody else has ever played when he's you know, losing to those guys constantly. I don't want it to be a lock that Sampras has won and they're somewhere below right. that. I don't care. I want the argument to be had, and I want the argument to be had legitimately, and the argument can't start with, well, he has 20. Right. Because the bottom line, like I've always said, your argument's over as soon as Djokovic hits 20. Right. And he will hit 20. Oh, yeah. He might hit 20 by the end of 2020. I think so, too. I think he's going to be very close by the end of 2020. Well, first of all, I mean, he's at 15. He just got 15. Right. So if he wins the Grand Slam, like my poll, like how I voted on my own poll, that the Djokovic Slam happens this year, then he's sitting at 18. Right. He could sneeze and win another Australian. Well, if he wins the French, he's certainly going to be the heavy favorite at the U.S. and the Australian. Yeah. So that's 18. And the grass obviously is different, but obviously he's won them all. Yeah. And that's 18. Well, and then he's going to, ha- if he wins the French, that'll be him winning them all twice, which is something that neither of the other two guys can say. Um, So then he's got a winning record of both guys. He's got two of every slam. And he's still got who knows how much longer to play. He does, the only thing he doesn't have that people always talk about is the weeks at number one, you know, that seems to be the big weeks slash right. years at number one. Right. Seems to be the big slap, big, you know, deal. But Which I'm not going to sit here and say... You know, I don't care. That doesn't matter um, because it's part of it. And, and total matches is part of it. Uh, I mean, but Jimmy Connors has that. But how many slams would Sampras have if he basically started the tournament every slam in the semis? That's literally what we're at right now. Right. Djokovic and all start the tournament in the semis. Yeah. They're not, we're not challenged. And there's another great point. How many U.S. Opens would he have won if he could just skip the entire clay court season, which he sucked at anyway? Right. Um, but he still had to. He still practiced for it and played. And it could for three he play? It could have he, he played three more years? And he cared about year end number one, right? And made that a target, which I don't think these guys care which about. He as would much. have had to, for that. He had to play all year. He had to play all year, um, and he had to play to win it. These guys, they they can take a vacation, right. and still be number one. It's ridiculous. I mean, to me, the biggest not playing one of the biggest. You can't say you are the best in the world and didn't touch a racket <laughs> and didn't move down. Yeah, you gotta to, be kidding to me. To me, the biggest thing about I hate everybody out there is that they've how many players <laughs> have taken this much time off and come back? Like Nadal just took four months off and came back and made the final. People are retiring; careers are over. Federer took People six months crying. off. It's ridiculous, and he made the final. He won the Australian. Like that is not a reflection of how great you are. It can't possibly be. No, it can't possibly be. So Nadal, what do you think he is right now? Percentage out of a hundred. I would have 85 at the upper end. That's upper what end. I was thinking, 80, 85. Upper, upper end. So that means everybody he played is 60 to 70% of his skill level. Right. And so that, you know, that, again, that's because he's so amazing is always the argument. So that let me can't. ask you this. Is Federer, do you think his game is designed for clay? No, he likes short points. So not... He Not was in four French Open finals in a row, yeah. lost the first three, won one, 
played Robin Soderling, the powerhouse <laughs> Swede. So then he skipped a year in which Robin Soderling made it back to the finals right. against Nadal. And then he was in another final, which he lost to Nadal in, in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> this is, th- yeah, this is not the weakest error. You're tripping. Well, yeah, I can't. And, well, I told you some of the finals at all, people he's played in the finals of French's. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think we will look back at this era as three amazing players and nobody else. And again, we could, they could easily be, pre- be proven wrong when those three guys retire and Chilich wins three slams and Nishikori wins three slams. If that will easily disprove exactly. us, but that's not going to happen. It's going to be Tsitsipas. If, if Tiafo wins a grand slam, I was right. Right. Or t- that or jacked up forehand. Tsitsipas or Zverev. No, exactly. I mean, any of those guys. If Zverev wins one slam, I was wrong. <laughs> That's how confident you are. If he hits one. a volley winner, I was wrong. <laughs> was that not. Have you ever seen a worse collapse? Did you watch him play Ronich? Yes. Ronich? I've been watching him play for his whole career. <laughs> he lost. He won two games against Raunich in two sets. <laughs> That was how is awful. that? Raonic is a server, a big server. He doesn't have a return game, and he won two games. Although I will say he did look better off the ground. Well, and he got a several uh, shot, lucky shots off the net that yeah. all went against Zverev. But still, you're three in the world. I mean, Zverev. That's mm, so Zverev's your three, your four in the world, and you got Djokovic, Federer, at all. And you're telling <sighs> me that so. Zverev is 20% below those guys, at least in terms of slams. Let me tell you something. I hate the quote-unquote eyeball test, okay? <laughs> However, you you cannot tell me that if your number four player in the world is Zverev, right. and have you seen him play? Are you kidding me? His unforced error ratio, his complete absence right of a net game complete absence i would drop shot him all yeah. day and just lob him vo- just yeah i would just dink him volleys <laughs> D- here dig i'm feed it mo- to him he's laughing Corey's laughing because i'm motioning right. how, how easy i would hit it to him and he would shank it out of the stadium well that's another another way to measure this is just list the players that were ranked four to six for the last five years ten years and it's Ferrer. Now, Ferrer's not a bad player, but he's he's number four in the world caliber. And it's uh, unbelievable. Zverev, you know, it's, Raonic, these guys, they can't win. Like you said, they can't win when the, uh, the big three aren't in the tournaments. <laughs> so they're obviously not, you know, great players. It drives me insane. Yeah, it, it's, it's... I mean, Sampras, you would have to have taken the ten next best players out of the field for him to win easily. And even then, here's a random year. Been. June 1993. Sampras, Courier, Stefan Edberg, Boris effing <laughs> Becker is your number four. Right. Boris Becker! <laughs> and now He's an got, idiot now. I get it. Now we've got Zverev. He's an idiot. Boris Becker is a moron right now. Am I right? But yes. let me tell you something. This cack of ball, man. All right. Four <laughs> in the world. Number five. This pro- this is right after clay court season, to be fair. <laughs> Sergi Bruguera. Okay. Still, though. Right. Number six, Goran. Yeah. Number seven, Ivan Stinking Lendl. And I don't mean he stinks. I'm just <laughs> trying not to say bad words. Michael Stieck. 
Medvedev, not Daniel, his yeah. cousin Andre. Peter Korda, Michael Chang at 11. Crycheck, Agassi at 13. <laughs> Shut your. So I was going to say. Fa- Number 15, Tomas Mooster. Yeah, so you take out the top 10. Sampras would still struggle to win that tournament with those guys. Yeah, he's playing Michael Chang as the two seed. If you take in the top 10 now, Federer's not losing a set. Djokovic isn't losing man. a set. I mean, he played Pui, who's 20 in the world, and lost... Pui. You know, <laughs> Your French is... Uh, <laughs> lost five or six games. Oh, I call him that because that's his game. Uh, but he lost five or six games. There you um, go. 1996, June. I don't know why I keep picking June. It's random. <laughs> Pete Sampras, Tomas Muster, Andre Agassi after he got his life together. Michael Chang, Boris Becker, Goran Ivanisevic. Number seven, Yevgeny Kafelnikov. Jim Courier. To- How about that? I forgot about Thomas Inquist. Yeah. Marcelo Rios. Cuckoo. <laughs> uh, Wayne Ferreira. Consistent, um, long time. Richard Krychek, Mark Rosé. Um, Todd Martin at 18. Cedric Peeling. Carlos Moya. Right. Oh, man. And that's when it started to go downhill, it did. to be honest, in the late 90s. Yeah. So basically now we have a great bunch of players that are outside the top 30. The fa- the problem is they're sitting at 3 through 10. Right. Back then we had a great top 20, and then it started, you know. Right. But so we don't – but you and I wouldn't have a problem if players rolling through the first two matches. That – if Federer, Djokovic, and all rolls that's through the reasonable. first two, that doesn't bother it's reasonable. us. reasonable. When you're talking about three versus 17 and – you know, two versus twelve; those should be tough battle. You know, matches you have to grind out. Right. And we're not getting that. And I, it's a long time till we're going to get that. Pete Sampras is retired. And here's this is pre-Federer. Guga at one, Safin at two, Agassi, Juan Carlos Ferro, the mosquito. Yeah. Leighton Hewitt. Still way better. Evgeny Kafelnikov, Sebastian Grosjean, Tim Henman, Alex Karecha, Pat Rafter, Arnaud Clement, Sampras is at 12. Yeah, so those are more a lot, a lot of surface specialists. So that, here there. you go. So that was, that was July 2001, and look where Federer is right here. He's 15. Yeah. 14. He's 14. At 19 years old. So that was when you basically saw the opening. He was 14 at 9 years old. You know what Pete Sampras was doing at 19? Winning a slam. He was two years in. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, he won his first at 19. He won the U.S. Open. But that's basically where you see that Federer had that opening of, like, everybody was gone. So the only one he had to beat was Hewitt. The only one he had to knock off was Hewitt. Hewitt, no, we, and, Ro- Hewitt and Roddick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Agassi was still there, but he was pretty much done by then. Shin Shawkin? Remember him? <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, Roddick was at 34, and he was 18 years old. Yeah. So. Um, Younger than Federer, retired for five years. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's just because Federer's the greatest ever. <laughs> oh, that is a funny line from Tsitsipas, though, about, uh, you know, how does Federer, Federer beat this guy? But he doesn't, for one thing. Not very often. I need to. By the way, I was going to say, I need to send one of these guys a shirt that says hashtag weakest era <laughs> and see if one of these next next gens will wear it. But I don't have a shirt for a seat to pass, but I do have a bag, <laughs> a drawstring bag for a lucky winner. You Uh-oh. thought I forgot, didn't you? I kind of did. <laughs> so what I did was, so if you're listening, listen up. So what I did was, and this might be 
this might be xenophobic, which is means uh, you know, like you're afraid right. of foreign people. I guess I'm yeah. not. Yeah, you're like Amer- Americentric. Well, not just for it could be any country, but where we're from. No, no, I am Corey phobic. <laughs> I don't like Corey one bit. But so what I did was the first one I got. What or the first one I randomly selected or whatever you call it, um, was somebody from far away. <laughs> so I'm still I feel guilty by not letting them. You know, yeah. Like I still want to. You're adding a mileage restriction. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm keeping it, but I'm also going to. I also picked an American again. So I didn't want to. I picked that random person first. And I was like, oh, crap, they're from Australia or somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me pick, let me pick a, uh, another one and try to get an American. Um, and so that's what I did. But I, even though nobody would have ever known, ever, right? I still wanted to, uh, you know, I cannot find them. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst. Technology. No, just me. But so, so I did pick somebody that was out of the country, and I and I felt guilty, although they'd never know. I we're still, big everywhere. That's true. No, no, yeah, but I know. But this, come on, we're all about American <laughs> tennis here, right? Um, and so I wanted to go ahead and pick somebody else. But like I said, I felt guilty, so I wanted to go ahead and 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 give somebody, you know, whatever. So where are my tweets at? This is ridiculous. There's only like eight buttons on this thing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> But so we went into the semis super optimistic. Where do you go the rest of the year? <laughs> like, what's your overarching thought for the rest of the year? Do we have more? We deal with this more. We have to. We have to endure this for how many? How many more slams? <sighs> you tell me because you're multitasking. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't. Well, I know. I mean, we know we're going to have it for the French. There's no way anybody's breaking out to win the French team would be the only person that has a chance and it's not going to happen no chance um and with fetters playing there's even less of a chance for anybody breaking out and then wimbledon nobody's breaking out in that i mean nobody knew anyway so i say we got at least to the u.s open and djokovic just owned the australian for so long i'm i'm thinking we're u.s open 2020 before we're seeing anybody you know potentially get into the, the final that's not one of the big three uh, barring an injury so yeah. worst thing ever to ruin my entire theory here is if Djokovic gets hurt because I think Federer and Nadal are on the way down physically right and I fear that it's going to happen quick but I still think if that happened the guys that would step up would be catching off Tsitsipas the next next it would gen be, it would right. be Tiafo even you know be those guys more than the Chilich and you know Burditch and Raonic, those guys, other names that don't end in itch. Agreed. All right, it was. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't um, Australia. I get my countries mixed up. <laughs> They're from Ireland. Oh, nice. So if you are uh, at Colin a fan, oh four seven eight on Twitter. Email me something. I don't know. 
how to tell it's you. I can't think of that Irish player our, that played our, the challenger that year. Or tweet at me or something. I don't know how this works. You know what? I'm going to follow them. <laughs> And then I think they can secret message me. Right. So if you're listening um, from message. Ireland. By the way, I'm Irish too, by the way. Who was the Irish player? James Murray? James? No. I don't know. There was an Irish player around for a while. Jamie Murray is. Uh, I know. That's not who it was. Scotland. Uh, so that was the the foreigner. He can put that in his message. But so I picked him or her. Kalina Colin Uffan. I don't know if it's a dude. I don't know what it is. But in any <laughs> event, no matter what it is. So I picked that person So um, from Ireland. So secret message me. I don't know how this works, but do it on Twitter slide, so I know it's you. Slide in his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either, either but it's what people say now. Uh, yeah. So um, so do that. And I then I don't want to slide in anybody. I'll figure out how for like a $6 bag to spend $78 on shipping, <laughs> <laughs> on shipping to get it to you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna, gonna have to. Sent back. I'm gonna have to walk to the other person that won. <laughs> um, now, so the other person that won is at Artina underscore slice. So mm. Sharon. Oh, like and it just says USA. So I guess she just lives in a van and travels around the USA. She's I don't like know. a Martina fan, but Martina was taken. So oh, Artina, nice. There you go. That could be it. Never to love it. So the same thing, um, Artina Slice. I'm going to follow you and you do whatever things, I, I don't whatever people do on stuff. Um, so, yes, whatever that means, do that. And then I, your address, now if you want me to have your address, whatever, that's fine. I wouldn't. I'd give me the neighbor's address and just go steal their package. Uh, no, I don't, see, I don't condone that. Um, so you have to contact me cause I don't know how anything works. So <laughs> I do know how the mail works. So I will mail it to you. And if you're in Ireland, I don't know. I'll put it on a, um, Ryan air. It's that's their Southwest. I think Ryan air in Ireland. No. All right. What do you think? You think we covered the Aussie open pretty well? We did. I, I think we, did you have a corner? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> No, I think that was just all right. You okay. can have. No, I'm kidding. Please, by all means. No, I didn't. Want. I to me, it's more about looking forward, and we want to be optimistic, but it's hard. And we have another joke which is all final. We are about the women. <laughs> it's going to be great. I well, just let me ask you this: Would you have felt any better if that match was five and a half hours, like the last time they played there, or would that have been worse? Hmm, it's a good question. Because it's almost more depressing now knowing Djokovic is that far ahead of everyone. Maybe. But see, at least, okay, so for it's not that Djokovic is that far ahead because I think he's, I think I think it's just Nadal's just a, still not 100%. Yeah. But yes, that makes it more depressing because he still rolled over everyone. I still don't understand. Do you think it's, do you think it's the, do the three? What? How much they impact suck. does a three out of five have on the fact that they just dominate the slams? Because Djokovic lost two matches at the end of the year. So how does he go through a slam and just dominate? Is it just a mentality thing? Yeah, Is it preparation? The, I'm going to tell you right now. The rest of the players can't maintain that level of concentration looking at a daunting task, looking up the mountain of five sets. Yeah. Even if they don't play five sets against them, they know they're going to have to if they want to beat them. Because I was talking about for Zverev, the, the five-set thing, you can't even say it was because three out of five sets. He lost one and one. The right. first two sets to Raonic. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean, that wouldn't have mattered. Right. 
Unless it's just a psychological barrier of, oh, we got to play three out of five sets. I do think that's exactly what it is, honestly. I think they look at that task and say, wow, we're way, I'm way further away from the goal. Right. Like, I can beat Nadal a set and then get lucky in a second set, their third set, but I can't beat him in three sets. I don't sets. think so, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just... but. And I don't understand how a 30, 31 and 33-year-olds have an edge on 22 and 24-year-olds in a three out of five set format either. Well, you do. <laughs> You're just trying to think of alternate reasons right. uh, that it could be possible. Uh, it's, uh, listen, again, I'm not saying it's a lock. I just want the argument, the, the honest argument to be had. Yeah. Um, that this might be the weakest error in the history of men's tennis. Yeah, let's hope that that's what I will look forward to the rest of the year is what inroads can those next next gen make because seats of pause for a semi he can't be disappointed with that obviously you're disappointed with the way you lost in the semis same with Pui but well, uh, well, here's the th- here's the other thing on this whole argument all right it's not like these guys are just out here hitting winners against each other <laughs> They also look like crap against each other. Right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm done with this argument. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I just can't take it. So, anywho. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. I've had enough of the Australian <laughs> Open. I'm ready to move on. Ready to, to go to sleep. Ready to move on to France. Had a normal hour for once. Actually, I'm not ready to move on to France because I want to discount every other tournament. Although, I do hate the hardcore season in the middle of the season. But right. that's a whole other another argument that we've had, you know, gone over multiple times. So, all right. That it? That's it. Fantastic. What a week, two weeks, a fortnight. Now we can get back on regular time, <laughs> just wake up early and watch matches. Or stay, right. You know, not overnight. Um, maybe next year, maybe next Australian Open, the old budget for the <laughs> tennis we'll revolution. broadcast from there. I got news for you. I don't even want to fly there. I would take a boat before I flew. 20 hours in a plane. I thought about that next just to recently. You? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know what we could do? We could broadcast. We could record the entire twenty hours. We just oh, do a gosh. twenty hour podcast. Yeah. That would just satisfy so many fans. I would move to a desert island <laughs> with no electricity after that. <laughs> all right, so that's all we got. Remember those winners. I already forgot who you were. I know you I've got you right here, but I just followed you, so DM me or whatever it's called. You got to claim your prize. I was looking at to see if they contacted me yet, but I'm like, oh, dumb, dumb. <laughs> they don't have this recording yet. We're not. You know what? Call in. <laughs> call in. I tell you, well, no, no, no. I'll tell you why. Is because I don't like recording this thing when we record it. Right. I'd rather do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Oh. Once we get on ESPN Radio, it'll be live. Oh, Sirius XM, I prefer because we can say <laughs> bad words. That's true. Uh, although I've curbed that quite a bit. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for...